Hello, let me continue on a little bit here about the Pinkertons. Turns out they're kind of interesting. They actually even guarded the casket of Marilyn Monroe, the fake casket, I guess, right? So, you know, these things get written in a million different places. And this was the um, more accurate or so-called one by the um, history group. And it tends to pull together. I was a little bit confused about why he was fumbling around the woods and stuff. So let me get started here. I'm not done with the Pinkertons yet. I'm just going to fill you in on this little backstory and then be back later with where all this is going because not sure yet. Long before there was a Federal Bureau of Investigation, there was the Pinkerton National Detective Agency that helped usher in the modern era of law enforcement. Its founder became a detective by accident. Everything is always an accident. Hollywood people get discovered just randomly. They get, like Justin Bieber was randomly discovered on YouTube. Um, then, they, they, you know, they have other ways. Celebrities in the 50s would be having a soda at some soda fountain and just get discovered. All the tech people seem to have discovered all of the tech things in garages in Palo Alto, a very expensive neighborhood. So anyway, so yeah, it was it, supposedly he became a detective by accident and this helps make a little bit more sense to what I was saying earlier. In 1842, Alan Pinkerton immigrated to the Chicago area and opened a cooperage. I thought he was talking about Cooper or copper, C-O-P-P-E-R. But cooperage is actually a barrel making business. You know, like barrels for beer and barrels for whiskey and stuff. Yeah, cooperage, that's our new word for today. His detective career began just five years later when he stumbled on the band of counterfeiters. But this is a different story, but this makes more sense. The counterfeiters were, he was out scrounging for lumber when he stumbled on the counterfeiters on an island in the Fox River. The Scotsman conducted informal surveillance on the gang and was hailed as a local hero after he helped police make arrests. The original story had him rounding them all up. But the key point is early surveillance, right? So after he helped them round these people up with the cops, he was hailed as a local hero, okay? The affair was in everybody's mouth, he later wrote. And I suddenly found myself called upon from every quarter to undertake matters requiring detective skill. Pinkerton soon won a gig as a small town sheriff. He went on to work as Chicago's first police detective and as an agent for the U.S. Postal Office. Around 1850, he opened Pinkerton National Detective Agency. Interestingly enough, they inspired the term private eye. And they also, the Pinkerton Agency first made its name in the 50s by hunting down outlaws and private, and pro, <clears throat> excuse me, and providing private security for railroads. Okay, as the company's profile grew, its iconic logo, a large unblinking eye, accompanied by the slogan, We Never Sleep, gave rise to the term private eye as a nickname for detectives. You know, that big eye, they also use that same eye in Orwell, the um, CIA book about Orwell. They, they played up that big eye thing, okay? Same eye they put on the back of the U.S. dollar. 
So this, I want to expand a little bit on the nation's first female detective because she's kind of interesting. Um, she was in 1856, 23-year-old widow Kate Warney walked into Pinkerton Chicago office and requested a job as a detective. Alan Pinkerton was hesitant to hire a female investigator, but he gave in after Warney convinced him that she could worm out secrets in many places to which it was impossible for male detectives to gain access. True to her word, Warney provided to be an expert at working undercover, once busting a thief by co cozying up to his wife and convincing her to reveal the location of the loot, the stolen money. During another case, she got, she get, she got something. She got a suspect to feed her crucial information by disguising herself as a fortune teller. Where does that sound familiar? Fortune tellers. Huh. Gypsies. Who would have guessed, right? Pinkerton would later list Warnay as one of the best investigators he ever hired. Following her death in 1868, he even had her buried in his family plot. I wonder if she got a phallic sign on her gravesite also. He has one. Why not her, right? So, and then they're famous for foiling the assassination on Lincoln. And um, that had to do with the train ride, which I talked about earlier. But let me include the part about where Kate, the Wonder Woman, comes into the scene here, okay? With the help, he was out, he was trying to get Lincoln to see that something was coming up, okay? With the help of Kate Warney and several other agents, he then arranged for Lincoln to secretly board an overnight train and pass through Baltimore several hours ahead of this published schedule. Because he remembered that Lincoln got to, Lincoln was the attorney for the railroad. Pinkerton got to him and said, hey, they're going to get you. So then him and Warney cooked up a plan to trick the railroad so they wouldn't his enemy wouldn't know he was traveling through now this is all of course <laughs> likely made up pinkerton operatives also cut telegraph lines to ensure the conspirators couldn't communicate with one another now they have switches on the internet right and warney had lincoln pose as her invalid brother to cover up his identity the president-elect arrived safely in Washington the next morning, but his decision to skirt through Baltimore saw him lampooned and labeled as a coward in the press. Meanwhile, none of the would-be assassins were ever arrested, leading some historians to conclude that the threat may have been exaggerated or even invented by Pinkerton. <laughs> Uh, the Pinkertons were heavily involved in spying for the Union Army during the Civil War. These people just have spies and spooks all over them, don't they? He was a staunch abolitionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He organized secret intelligence. He, uh, he operated under the name EJ. He set up spy rings. He set up spy rings between enemy lines, just like they're doing now. It infiltrated southern sympathizer groups in the north. He even had agents interview escaped slaves to glean information about the Confederacy. Now, we know the slaves weren't really true, right? The operation produced reams of intelligence, but not all of it proved accurate. The fa a famous misstep came during 1862's Peninsula Campaign 
when Pinkerton reported that the Confederate forces around Richmond were more than twice their actual size. McKellen believed the faulty intelligence, and despite outnumbering the the rebels by a large margin, he delayed his advance and made repeated calls for reinforcements. So the Pinkertons are proving to be crooked, sly, sneaky, fortune tellers. (laughs) Pinkertons created one of the world's earliest criminal databases. This is interesting because they still, I think these people still are in, post offices, you know, their mugshots. One of the major ways the Pinkertons revolutionized law enforcement was with their so-called rogues gallery, a collection of mugshots and case histories that the agency used to research and keep track of wanted men. Along with noting suspects, distinguishing marks and scars, agents also collected newspaper clippings and generated rap sheets detailing their previous arrests and their known associates and areas of expertise. A more sophisticated criminal library wouldn't be assembled until the early 20th century and the birth of the FBI. So, and then the Pinkertons, famous for warring with Jesse James and his gang, a bunch of lies. But anyway, so they, they said that they were fighting Jesse James because during the era of frontier expansion, express companies and railroads often employed the Pinkertons as Wild West bounty hunters. All around good guys, right? Kill them and get that money. The agency famously infiltrated the Reno gang, perpetuators of the nation's first first train robbery, always the first, right? And later chased after Butch Cassidy and his wild bunch. Remember they did that movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids? They make a lot of money off these things. They, they, they did a bunch of movies about the Pinkertons, too, but there's not enough time to, in the world. If you, if you want to know what movies were based on the Pinkertons, they're easy to find. The Pinkertons usually got their man. What was I saying before? They always get their man, right? But in the 1870s, they spent months engaged in fruitless hunt. That's where that was his biggest claim to failure was not getting Jesse James. So, yeah, um... They played the infamous Homestead Mill Strike, which was a really bloody deal. Along with their exploits in the Wild West, the Pinkertons also had a more sinister reputation. Hard to believe it's more sinister, right? As a paramilitary wing of big business. Industrialists used them to spy on unions or act as guards and strike breakers. And detectives clashed with workers on several occasions. During an 1892 strike by the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers, the Carnegie Steel Company paid some 300, of course, three right, Pinkertons to act as security at its mill in Homestead, Pennsylvania. After arriving at the plant on river barges, the agents squared off with the thousands of striking workers in an all day battle waged with guns bricks, and even dynamite. By the time the outnumbered Pinkertons finally surrendered, at least a dozen people were dead and several more wounded. The fallout from the melee crippled the steel union, but many also branded the Pinkertons as hired thugs. Hired hired gypsy juice thugs, right? Leading several states to pass laws banning the use of outside guards in labor disputes. 
Fascinating that the Pinkertons were once larger than the U.S. Army. After Alan Pinkerton died in 1864, control of the agency fell to his two sons, Robert and William. The company continued to grow under their watch, and by the 1890s, it boasted 2,000 detectives and 30,000 reserves, more men than any standing army of the United States. Fearful that the agency could be hired as a private mercenary army, the state of Ohio later outlawed the Pinkertons. Well, we have a lot of mercenary armies right now. There's that brother of Betsy DeVos. I forget his name. His company had black something in it. His name Eric something. Eric Prince, black. He's a mercenary. The U.S. goes around being hired by mercenaries. And then in closing here, I will tell you that by the early 20th century, the Pinkertons' crime-fighting status had largely been absorbed by local police forces and agencies like the FBI, and the company still lived on as private security and guard service, and still underneath the shortened name of Pinkerton. And I found a picture of the detectives from the Pinkerton agency. They were guarding the coffin of Marilyn Monroe at her funeral. I guess they want to make sure nobody rushes up and finds out nobody's in the, in the coffin. Her funeral was in Westwood Memorial Park, August 1962. And I will know more if there's anything to find out about these little slime balls of Pinkerton. So chat with you later. Be safe out there. Goodbye for now.